Welcome back to the Evolving Hockey Podcast. And tonight we have a special guest. Now, we are terrific at pronunciations, and we decided to really challenge ourselves. So it's Dom Lushishin, ladies and gentlemen. Is that correct? Did I get it? Did I get it well? It was all right. Um, Seven out of before ten. This, before the show, Sean um, actually posted the video from YouTube that my friend made on how to pronounce it because it's me pronouncing my own name, and he still managed to get it wrong. Um, wondering how, how the twins do here, because I assume yeah, they just didn't watch the video at all. I actually I did watch that video <laughs> while I was sitting in the dealership. I was like... I wanted to find like you know the 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 um the person like the robot that pronounces things on in like because it's Polish right yeah and so because I I looked this up for like composers right like a lot of composers Hungarian and Polish composers and I was gonna try to find a clip of like you know some robot saying your last name and then hold it up to the microphone and play it so I could get it right <laughs> but I always just say John Dom Luschizen is that better. That's worse. That's worse. <laughs> All right, Josh, it's you now. Let's go. I don't even. That's what I say. We're just embarrassing. We're twins, over, so I yeah. would say the exact same way. There's, there's no other way okay, to say it. There's slight differences here. He, uh, Luke's got a, a beard. You do not. For for those who can't see, on this Zoom call, it's a nice beard. <laughs> well, I don't thank know. you, Josh. I don't know what you're doing out here. It's just, a little long right now. I but. just shaved. That's been the topic of our. Because uh, Sean is, uh, he's still locked down. Uh, he doesn't have access to his bathroom, I'm assuming, because he's not shaving. Um, and so we all have various levels of stubble. Luke has a beard. Uh, no, I, I'll just say it, I guess. Dom, Dom Luschizen. I think it was like a combination of both of theirs, but still wrong. Um, Dom Luschizen. Luschizen. Okay. There you Luz, go. Luschizen. Right. See, I well, always called it loose chicken. See, it's very subtle. Yeah. There's a very subtle pronunciation it is, to it. It is subtle. You know, you can't if you can't force it. You just gotta let it roll. I feel like you get asked about this all the time. So is we should the, just move oh, yeah. right past. Is this the your intro last name? to every podcast appearance? Yes, that you're on? every yeah. single one. All right, well, Sean, we'll, just we'll did edit it, this you know. out. We'll edit this out out of respect for our friend Dom. <laughs> no, edit in, uh, edit in that it's a nine second video. You should just edit that in. Okay, but yeah. anywho, <laughs> and, and Dom, I know you're an avid listener to the podcast, and so we, <laughs> you're our first Canadian guest, and we love our geography around here, so. I've only been to Ontario once, mm-hmm. but I do remember Burrito Boys. Mm-hmm. So what's like your go-to Burrito Boys order? Uh, I usually get a steak on white uh, with rice, both beans, cheese, lettuce, tomato, guacamole, sour cream, burrito sauce, and then you got to have some hot sauce on there. And I tend to go with either the medium level or the hot level because their hot sauce is, is a lot to handle, especially for someone who only started liking spicy food two years ago. Wow, you're a pro at that order. That's a. I, I ordered every day, or sorry, every, every week. Not every, not every day, every week. Guys, every week. it's like it's like kind of like their Chipotle up there. Well, do you guys still have Chipotle? We forget. do, but it sucks. Burrito Boys is so much better. I've it's never so heard much of, better. I've never heard of Burrito Boys. That's because they don't have it in Minnetonka. <laughs> Minnetonka. <laughs> That's a good rep. Like I'm, yeah, I, he's is. coming in. He's coming in with the info here. Yeah. Man, we we're, so we we actually went to we went to high school in the city of Minnetonka. Hopkins High School is where we went, which, which is, is located in Minnetonka. Even so, though it's called Hopkins, which is another city, that's a good reference, Dom. I very much appreciate. Hold the, on, so uh, you were. I was just throwing shit out there. I, 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 just, I just knew a, <laughs> a city in Minnesota, and I'm like, it sounds I, cool. It's a cool sounding city. Yeah, I mean, I think outside of the Twin Cities uh, and maybe like Duluth or like one of the northern towns, uh, Minnetonka is the one because of the lake. Lake Minnetonka is, you know, it's, it's or if big. you know the D1 school, St. Cloud is another Mankato. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, I'm I'm trying to I'm looking at Toronto now. 
for so the like, on, on Google Maps. <laughs> so where are you in downtown? Somewhere? He's in a bar right now. In a bar? Uh, <laughs> Looks like you're you, outside. You, you can't see, but the, the CN Tower is behind me. It's just sort of a little snowy and rainy oh, out okay. here. I was trying to give Do you, you a, go to a lot of Jays games then? I went to exactly two Jays games. Actually, is two overselling it? Might have been one. One or two. I don't usually go because I hate baseball, but it's a <laughs> it's a good vibe to be at, and it's just fun to go to the game, I guess, but not actually pay attention to what's happening. Yeah, the, the only time we've been to Toronto was um, for the Ottawa Conference in 2019. We flew – we had a layover in Toronto that was honestly the worst airport experience I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And yeah. We waited – in line through to get through for like three hours it was honestly the worst thing yeah and i didn't get and out someone budge someone cut in front of the line and then like security literally came and threw them out of the airport like it was like kind of like they got dragged out yeah, dragged like, kicking and streaming it was it was, it was crazy yeah but, in canada it's actually illegal to cut in line so he was sent right to jail yeah <laughs> parks and rec right that's to jail. what i'm serious that's what it looked like it yeah. looked like like the security dude was huge like he was like six six, like and probably three hundred pounds, and just came and dragged. And this there guy had to up. have been hundred fifty people in this room, and this it was just a whole, uh, uh, a whole scene. But anyway, uh, yeah, we're very happy to have our first Canadian guest, Dom. Thank you for joining us. Yes, um, it's been I think kind of a long time. We've been trying to, we, and I mean, not that long, a couple of weeks. We've been trying to get this together, right? Uh, yeah, around there. Uh, Sean bothers me every day. So, yeah, <laughs> I got on the podcast. Got to get on the podcast. <laughs> I well, mean, that's you now. You have a girlfriend now who dictates your whole life. Well, Sean, one day when you have a girlfriend, you'll understand <laughs> that there's certain plans you have to make with them um, ahead of time because you both have busy schedules and you want to see each other. I yeah, know, I think evolving hockey takes precedent. But anyway, yes. we'll move on. <laughs> so, Dominic, how did you get and your full start? name? Me full name with the K. Uh, how'd you get your start in hockey analytics? Like when did you start getting interested in this and when did you start diving into Apple numbers? Um, I think I was in first or second year university and I was in journalism school, so they weren't teaching us any math whatsoever. And I wanted to write about hockey, but I didn't really have any background in stats. It was just something I was always kind of interested in as a kid. Like I would look at, the stats all the time but it was always just like the basic stuff because we didn't have analytics when i was growing up um but it all really started with me wanting to i guess bet on hockey and thinking i was super smart as all 20 year olds do and thinking oh yeah i can make money off this no problem and i was quickly humbled um but that's how it sort of started with in terms of making models and whatnot but i think even before that it was watching the Leafs and seeing how garbage they were and seeing them win anyway. And it was, I think the whole was before the summer of analytics, but I think it was like 2011, 2012, where I think it was Ron Wilson and Randy Carlisle. And they just had the most inexplicable team possible. And I was on Twitter and following people and they started talking about analytics a lot. And I sort of dove in through, through that lens, I guess. Because your original handle on Twitter, I remember we were following you when we were before we were doing any of this. I'm trying to remember. It was something about it's OMG, it's Dom. Oh, yeah, I think, OMG, right? it's no, Dom. He had the eye on there. It's yeah, OMG, OMG the it's Domi. 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 Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. that was, so. That was was that a Ty Domi reference? Uh, sort of. Not really. It's because I grew up in Toronto. Um, so all throughout school, people would always call me Domi. And that was my nickname. 
uh, oh, okay. sort of because of Tai Domi, and it's stuck for a while now. Like, if you are in a group of like my friends, and there's people from university, but people from high school, half of the people call me Domi, and half of the people call me Dom, and then I'll hit some of them. If one of them tries to call me Domi and they don't know me like that, I tell them they don't know me like that, <laughs> and quickly correct them. Quickly, yeah. So, so, correct me if I'm wrong. You used to do, I, I. This is like back of my memory, but you used to do this like emoji hockey rating. Was that you? Am I? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Wait, what? It's really funny. So I actually was just going to ask this question, and Luke and I didn't talk about this ahead of time, but I remember So this. way back. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. So this is, I think this must have been 2013, 2012. It was like right when Luke and I, I think, were starting to also get into kind of stat stuff. And I remember reading this guy with the weird last name, uh, and I think it was, was it the Hockey Riders or was the Hockey, I don't remember uh, where. It was with uh, Jeff at Faceoff Circle. Oh, okay. Um, I know him from the Leafs Nation. That's where I was writing. And I had this idea of making my model more accessible by doing emoji power rankings. And I had a whole scale and system. Um, I need to look through my files to see what that system was. But I know that if you were good, you got some pizzas. You're bad. You got, I don't remember. Those were some classic classic post sean was in middle school sean was 14 i legitimately was in middle school was, yeah no it was i think no I, no no very yeah. beginning of high school and i, I but i actually that. no like no lie here i think one of the first things i remember seeing was some post you did way back when about it was related to those but it was like your some like kind of it was like a combination of like team strength i think and it was like a Fenwick, it was like some calculation mm-hmm. that you came up with mm-hmm. for like team or player evaluations. And I remember reading that and be like, oh, this kind of makes sense to me. I could probably like do a little bit of this too if I wanted to. But it's funny to think about, yeah, because we were kind of, uh, I've said this elsewhere, but Luke and I were, we really didn't really start doing this stuff under our current situation until like 2016. But we were kind of lurkers and on Reddit and on Twitter with, mm-hmm. you know, the egg, you know, I wasn't an egg, but I was just some like, you know, 50 follower account that would just like follow people for probably three or four years. And you were definitely one of the people that we were following before we got into this. And I remember like looking at those emoji rankings like weekly on my break or whatever. I don't know how long you did them for. I, I don't remember either, but I remember that was my first model. That was even before game score. It was just a team based strength thing where I sort of did something close to weighted shots. But because I was bad at math, it was all like super arbitrary and somehow it worked out uh but yeah i mean it, so, yeah. i mean that's how it works sometimes when you're first like starting out you're like yes yeah, this, this works this makes sense and then you learn a bit more and i don't remember how long i was doing that but i remember when war on ice came out with their war metric uh it just made so much more sense to do something at the player level and one of the first like actual modeling things i did was make a projected version of their of their war and make projections based on that and i remember it seemed so wacky in the summer because the sharks always like came up looking amazing after missing the playoffs and the penguins looked unstoppable and then those two teams ended up meeting in the stanley cup final yeah i mean that's how it goes i was going to say that one of our first uh I don't know if it was learning experiences, but Don probably remembers this. We were working – this would have been 2016 or I don't remember when. This thing that we, we had called and then very quickly stopped doing was weighted points above replacement, I think. And I remember mm-hmm. our original version we asked Dom to look at, and he was like, this looks too arbitrary. And we were like, uh, yeah, yeah, Dom's absolutely right, which then led us down the full path of having to do things, you know, not arbitrarily. But there, <laughs> everyone seems to have kind of that first – 
thing they do that they think looks right, even though it's maybe not as robust. And then they learn mm-hmm. that there are better ways to do those things, which I think is really interesting to, uh, that, you know, you mentioned that, but we've also been there as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sort of like the first version of game score. I like, wasn't completely arbitrary, but it's definitely like toad on the line in terms of just va- weighting everything based on frequency. And when I made changes to it, I sort of tried to measure more like how much five on five metrics should be weighted, how much defense should be weighted based on how predictive they all are. And the new version of it is so much better than what I used to have. So it's just an evolution of what you're doing and you learn more things, especially with all of us who did not study math in school. You guys studied music. I studied journalism and look at us. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought? thought? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. At the same time again. Oh my Lord. I love them so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I mean, we're, it, I mean, it's going to happen. It's yeah, going to happen. In case it wasn't I do, clear. We I, are I do find it funny when people meet the twins and then like, especially in person, like at the conferences, I know since the pandemic started, they haven't met, but like, that's their comment. It's like, they'll talk at the same time. And like, they all, they have like, they're the same person. Like, hey, 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 our mother would take offense to what you just said. <laughs> if if you if you had never come out that you were two people, and you showed up on this podcast like this, I would, I would think that this is like a, just a, a double image here. Yeah, that's you, going on. There's a Zoom error. Yeah, Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> Zoom error cannot compute. No, it it. I mean, and yeah, in person, Sean's right. In person, we finish these other sentences and we talk at the same time and. The weirdest thing, I actually think it freaks me out sometimes, is sometimes Luke and I will start out of nothing just randomly singing a song at the exact same time in the same key, the exact same song, yeah. which happens once or twice a year, and I, it always freaks me out. So yeah. there are things the that The same song? Me. Yeah. The same key? The same, same song, song in the same key. Like, it's happened more than once, yeah, like and several that's, times. That's the weirdest thing. But yeah. anyway, we're getting off track here. So um, yeah, This is can... not about us. This is about our guest. Yeah, this is our, our, about Sean. Our, yeah, Sean. <laughs> Yeah, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah get it comes him. in at the end. <laughs> yeah. Dom promised us that he would be nice to us, and so that means he has to be mean to Sean. Yeah. So, which is then. Because everyone us... knows that Dom is very mean. And so yeah. he... he's always he's always mean to me. So, yeah, so he can't. Um, anyway, uh, anyway, let's let's all let's let's bring it back in. Let's let's continue on the path of a good podcast here. Uh, I we'll get to the game score. Uh, I want to talk about that a little bit too, but I, I know that you um, uh, have are a big fan of uh, of numbers, the the software, and and Excel as well. I, I assume, but I'm kind of curious where you're, like what you first started in. Have you ever tried to learn any coding, or do you find that numbers in Excel just kind of do everything for you to the point that you're good with it? Yeah, honestly, it is the point where I'm good with it. There will probably be a point where that'll end, and there's definitely been a few things I've written where I hate myself for not knowing more, but it did all start in numbers when. Again, I was like 20, 21 years old, and I realized I could copy and paste tables from the internet and put them onto a spreadsheet. And then eventually there were websites where you can download it and made it all easier, but it was like eye-opening for me. And then I just started making color-coded charts from a very early point in this journey. And numbers just makes it a lot easier to make those visualizations, whereas Excel is sort of clunky and I never sort of vibe with it. Um, but yeah, I prefer numbers and Excel. I literally only use for my actual like simulations and stuff because I need the macros and pivot tables and to use circular references, which all three of which I can't do in in numbers. Have you considered getting an Apple Numbers sponsorship for uh, your they work? Sh- 
they should sponsor me. They like powered by Apple numbers. Like yeah. who else is doing any of this with Apple numbers? Uh, but yeah, I have tried to learn. I learned Python once and it was like, okay, but I, that was like five or six years ago. And I, I don't know, just, it's not something that like stuck with me. Yeah. Cause I will say that making that those type of visualizations, at least we don't use Python, but you know, we use R, but I will say that coding up, um, like player cards, like rosters that you, like you do is not something that's very easy to do in a, uh, statistical programming language like R or Python. It's a much better, I mean, you can do it, but it's just a lot more, um, complicated, at least in my experience. So, I mean, I completely understand the reason to keep those type of, um, visualizations in excel it also gives you a lot of more manual control over mm -hmm. the spacing and the centering which can be like even something right now like our wrap -em charts on our on our site you know i don't know people probably know that when the text gets too big it just gets cut off and that's like i i've been meaning to fix that forever but it's just a whole pain in the ass because it's like I'd have to check the number of characters. And I then can't believe it's still like that. I can't. I can't yeah, it like cuts off. So if you go to like Thomas Thomas Vanek's like three year season when he played for like seven teams or whatever, I don't know when that was. <laughs> like it has like his whole thing is just completely messed up because mm -hmm. I don't check the number of characters and I should, and then you would have to programmatically have it adjust the text right, font enough, size. Enough, Luke. Okay, en enough. But yes. <laughs> It's something that I, I completely I understand, um, and honestly, a lot of the time I wish that I could be doing things in Excel specifically for um, for visualizations like that because you have a lot more manual control. Um, but you know, we get along fairly well with with some of the stuff we do. So you know, to each to each their own. <laughs> Josh keeps leading back, and Luke is in the background. It's tripping me out so much i'm just like oh there's two of them i was gonna wait it's funny i can look at my at josh's screen and i can see myself and then i can like i can look at myself just with the way we're, we're set up yeah, yeah you probably went you probably didn't see that yeah it's like i, I just we are appear. in the same room but we're on like corner walls which is why that it looks that way and uh uh i just like to move away from the mic so i'm not like you know making random sounds in it so you're i'm i'm, I'm giving you that extra angle of luke when i when i move around <laughs> uh, <laughs> enough anyway uh okay um, you got me all thrown off here. I was right on. I was about to ask a question. You had a great transition. Yeah. Well, let's hear transition game score. <laughs> what is it? How does it work? No. Um, so like how at, at this point, what iteration of game score are you at with like your kind of the history? Cause it was first published on hockey graphs. I just looked at this recently. It was back in 2016. Right. Um, and how many, like how many, <laughs> so long ago. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I just searched it. Cause I was like, when did he publish Wait, that? What year? July of 2016. That is the uh, article. Tw 2016. I had graduated yeah. high school a month before. Yeah. Amazing. Yes. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll skip past that fact. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, so like how, like how often do you update it? Like, is it something where you kind of make changes every off season or is it something more where it's kind of just, it's, is what it is now? Uh, the underlying like formula, I haven't changed in I think two or three years, mostly because I'm happy with it. Um, when I did change it, it was mostly because I would be betting and it would be the same teams over and over again. And I would keep losing on these specific teams and I would see the market would move against me and that would be the biggest change for me. And right now the market always, not always, but almost always moves in line with my numbers. My numbers usually outperform the market. So I haven't really felt 
a huge need to change the formula, but I'm always sort of tweaking like the underlying projection logic. Um, one of the things I do is I regress uh, points based on role. So before I would have like five different buckets based on whether, based on their ice time. So if they played over 18 minutes, they would be all regressed to that population mean rather than the whole entire mean to sort of make sure that someone like McDavid isn't being compared to someone like Ryan Reeves when we know enough about them to know where they should be regressed. And I did a, I've done, I changed that recently to a more dynamic thing where there is a regression between how much should be regressed based on their point totals and their ice time. So it's rather than doing it in buckets, it is strictly based on their actual ice time. And that was a subtle change that I think helped a little bit. Um, and then I changed something with my goalies at the start of the year as well, where previously I shifted to what have you done for me lately, which is literally like the last two years and try to capture goalies, not their hot streaks, but like if they're really good, I would want to know like immediately and make the change very quick. Whereas right now I've changed it where I've added three years of prior information to that last two years and I've sort of grouped it together so that it's basically like a, there's three terms where it's this year, last year, and then sort of a recent career. So sort of, I guess, make it so that if a goalie gets back to his usual self, uh, like we saw with Anderson this year with Holtby for a little bit, with Bobrovsky, with Gibson, I would be able to capture that more because that old data is still underlying there. And I, it made like a massive improvement to my predictions, which generally I can see like based on my bets, if they go really well. And almost immediately after that, I've had probably one of the best two month runs of my life. And I have to credit the goalie change for that, for sure. So would you say that that kind of indicates that taking a longer view on goalies might be a better, um, predict like is that kind of what you're saying is that adding more historical information had not improved that or was it more just a blending of the two it's sort it is sort of a blending of the two because it is a what have you done for me lately while not ignoring the entire career and having that larger sample size because those those priors are weighted so so small but if you have a lot of them like gibson did like Bobrovsky did, they would be enough to sort of raise the bar for them if their last two years weren't very good. And then what we saw this year is that they were able to get back to the level they've previously been at. It doesn't go well for everyone. It go it, It's going really badly for Philip Grubauer, and my model continued being stubborn, like, no, this is a good goalie. He has lengthy priors, and I will take that loss every day of the week if the rest of the goalies look strong. And generally anytime I would look at my goalie numbers in the past, I would hate them. But right now I feel like I actually like them, which is a weird feeling to have. So you just don't bet the Kraken at all this year then? No, right. I've bet them so much. Oh, so really? much. <laughs> um, they are the team I've lost the most money on. Um, <laughs> like I would be like, I've already like made a lot from the other 30. I don't want to say 31 teams. Cause there's probably like nine or 10 teams that I've lost money on, but the other 22 or whatever have been profitable so if it takes losing some money on the kraken here and there then i i'll 
gladly make that sacrifice. So, so then, so who? Oh, sorry, bro. I was going to just go. say, is what happened uh, with what? What changed this year from last year with your number one Minnesota Wild fandom in terms of the betting aspect of it? Are they just not as uh, they're they're not your your team this year, or is uh you just moved on? You're done with them. Uh, it's not that I'm done with them. It's just that last year it really felt like the market did not respect or appreciate them at all. I think. That was a common refrain. I think a lot of people thought it was a fluke, and my model continuously loved them, probably because it was built off evolving hockey data. Oh, yeah. And we know that data is biased towards <laughs> yeah. Minnesota hockey teams. And against the Oilers. And the exactly. against the Oilers. And they were by far my most profitable team last year. It felt like not only were they profitable, it felt like anytime I had a bet on them, they were like automatic and they would come through. And it didn't work out in the playoffs, but the entire regular season, they were a wagon and I always had money on them and it was always a lot of money because my edge would be so big compared to the market and then they would win and I love them for it this year <laughs> the market has sort of adapted and recognized the wild for the elite team that they are and there haven't been as many bets and some there have been some bets against them recently that have not gone great but I I will always remember the 2021 season with how much money they made me <laughs> Well, that is that, that. I mean, I I can only imagine that's uh, got to be the you know one of the uh, when you get the when you get the Twitter the teams involved on Twitter you know and you get them you know at, to do whatever you want including muting us yes. uh, you know that's that's uh, betraying <laughs> us <laughs> my, yeah my lifelong that I still remember that for anyone who doesn't remember or doesn't know or is new to this we we had a bit of a funny rivalry with Dom last year because out of nowhere Dom comes in and says I'm the number one wild fan on Twitter. Uh, when Luke and I had for a long time been there aren't I don't know wild Twitter is kind of small there's not a huge group at least uh, there hadn't been there's been more now but it was very it was a betrayal of our of our long <laughs> of our long relationship with Dom for him to just say take the crown without asking yeah he just grabbed um, it which is just but entirely... no, the wild last year were really funny because I think that nobody really anticipated Zuccarello and Kaprizov really doing that and I could see mm-hmm. why um, you know the markets would be kind of cool on that I also I don't know rookies and like players like that are traditionally very difficult to i would say in my opinion to kind of evaluate because you're not you, you know it's not like you're thinking i don't know that because everyone was saying that about gusev right like that mm-hmm. oh well gusev's going to be the net you know he's the next you know whatever and like everyone was totally wrong on that so it's just kind of a funny um funny thing to see but back to grubauer so <laughs> what when you're losing money continuously on the Kraken, who are you blaming? Who do you, who do you blame for them for your money just going down the drain? Uh, for a while, it was Grubauer because I would be watching a lot of these games, and some of the goals were so hilariously bad that I couldn't believe this is the same guy who was nominated for a Vesna the year before. And obviously, we can debate whether he was actually worthy of that because. His numbers were inflated by playing on the avalanche, but at the same time, they were still average uh, if you looked at his goals above expected or whatever, and they have not been that this year. And it was just weird to see. It's not like you can like watch the games and be like, oh, it's the Kraken's fault. Their defense is horrific. It's like, no, like he's letting in some absolute garbage muffins from <laughs> literally anywhere and everywhere. And I couldn't believe what I was watching on a daily basis. And it like, it was so deflating because every time the Kraken would get like literally any momentum, the other team would just come back, rifle a wrister from the hash marks, and it would just float in by Grubauer. <laughs> yeah. So 
I want to go back to the rookie stuff. Luke is just very offended that the Kraken didn't pick Gosta Spare in the expansion draft. And so every <laughs> single episode now, he's just like all about Grubauer. Mm-hmm. So Gosta how do you Spare. handle... No. Did I not say Gosta Spare? You said Grubauer. You said Grubauer. Right, but he's taking it all out on Grubauer. Oh, oh, oh I, okay. I, see. I see what you mean. I yes. see. You I know see. what I'm saying? That's true, yes. So I want to go back to like the rookies thing, right? Because that, maybe that was like sort of your edge with like Kaprizov. Like, mm-hmm. how do you handle rookies? And also, like, we'll make this a two-part question of, are you going to vote Seth Jarvis for Calder this year? Uh, I don't know yet. I'm going to do an awards watch for Monday, so I haven't really looked too much into who's leading right now, especially for rookies, because they're always a weird thing to filter out, whereas I can sort by what I have for every player or defenseman, but rookies, i got to do some shit to figure who's even a rookie this year so <laughs> i i know i had jarvis really high last time and his underlying numbers are impressive so i think he should be up there i just don't know if he has the production to go toe-to-toe with zegris or raymond or or bunting, or bunting. Or bunting. <laughs> keep your eye um, keep your eye on matt boldy though that's yeah. what I'm, I'm saying matt bold oh i don't know if you guys uh because I asked Josh and Luke for data for 16 stats today, but I put a Matt Boldy player card in there, and it's based off exactly nine games, but it's so, <laughs> it's so stupidly funny. high. It's um, ridiculous. Just a bunch of gold bars, and I guess I like explained a bit of like what I do with rookies in that post, and with Boldy, because he's a point-per-game player over nine games, that is not enough to say he's a point-per-game player, but it is enough to say because he plays top six minutes and he's regressed to other top six players. The fact that he's doing that can suggest that he can score at a 60 point range based on the fact he's on power play one, I believe, and yeah. getting that opportunity that that is a safe range for him. So that part isn't regressed as heavily. I think it's about, what is that? Like 25%, but his like five on five metrics, he has like a 62% XG right now, something absurd like that. And that is regressed far heavier because that can be a lot more volatile from game to game and from season to season. So I think that regression was, I think, sevenfold, where I think he was like, his actual number is on pace for like plus 42 or whatever. And I actually have it like plus six. And that still makes him a top line caliber forward at the moment, but not what he's actually done, which is he's looked elite through his first nine games which is absurd and that is the basic gist is just that rookies they have a smaller sample size and they'll be regressed a lot heavier than normal players but they won't be treated with kid gloves necessarily like what they've shown is still valuable info even if it's a small amount of data so heading into a season is it kind of a similar approach or i know like 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 a um hockey viz michael blake mccurdy he does he takes like i i believe it's hannah um, Hannah Stewart's Hannah Stewart. Stewart's like prospect rankings. Do you do anything like that to evaluate like kind of almost a, a more of a because we or do you just go straight prospect data or do you just use draft position? I mean, what do you do for players heading into a season? I I just use prospect data and I remember last year with Kaprizov, um I also age adjusted and he was older um in the KHL, so what he did wouldn't be as impressive as if he was doing that at age 19 or 20. And so his rating was a lot lower than it should have been because of that. And literally, I just 
straight up to age adjusted NHL E. That is it. And I count down the days until they play like 10 games where I can start shifting towards using their actual NHL data. Yeah, it makes sense. I think, honestly, last year, I do think that we, because we, when in our projections, we do basically an average performance by in first year by draft position. Mm. And then we do, it's kind of like, I don't, I think it was, um, was it Shuckers who did like the, the draft curves? It's just like a, you know, a draft value curve, but we do it on draft position and we do a fit of polynomial regression. So you get like an average performance at, mm-hmm. but it's so funny because Kaprizov was taken in what the fifth round. So yeah. it's like, I think that we just moved him to a. I'm pretty sure that Luke might have just I, ahead of the season I, said, "Okay, ad hoc, we're gonna make." Yeah, him he's better. a second overall. Pick. <laughs> I think that's. I just that's the only time I've ever done that. But every time I talk to anybody associated, it was like this guy's the real deal. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, we can't have him coming into the league as a fifth round, like a just nobody fifth round pick because he's clearly not that." So it was. It's the only time I've ever done that for our projections, which ended up being good because he did end up playing. He exceeded what we had projected him at. It's called domain knowledge, right? Yeah, yeah. That that is called domain (laughs) knowledge. Um, That is a nice lesson that sometimes being biased is okay. you guys obviously are wild fans, so this guy's the real deal, and you bumped him up. I think that is honestly a okay. I I actually ended up doing the same thing. I remember when I first released my wild season preview, I had Caprizov rated really low, and all the comments were like, "No, he's going to be unreal." And I'm like, "Yeah, you're right." And I just bumped him up <laughs> again after the article. Um, the other thing I want to mention is that I can see the Oilers scoring in Sean's background, and before this podcast started. One of the twins. I forget which one. So I'll just say they said this in just unison. Just blame Luke. Just blame Luke. Always blame Luke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Luke said, it's just the first period. You can miss it. Don't worry. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> it's 2 nothing. Oilers. I, 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 I did see that. Um, so did you miss it? Is it all gone? Is it all done now? It's just like, okay, they, they won. They're going to. Well, we've it's, been having some comebacks. I know Dom hates on the Leafs, but the Leafs have had uh, a couple comebacks. <laughs> Yeah, they've they been. Came back hey, I don't think Detroit, you understand like the position then... I'm in as a person who willingly says they're like a Leaf fan and has a model that always likes the Leafs, and having to deal with thousands of people <laughs> believing that for whatever reason I'm risking thousands of dollars on a model that is biased towards one particular team. I mean, we like, get... do they not think that I would rather like win money with an accurate model than lose money because I <laughs> like this team growing up? Like, I just don't understand the logic <laughs> that some people have. We get the same thing with the wild. I mean, we've been getting it for a while now. Obviously, we don't bet on games. I mean, we don't bet. We're not betters. But uh, we've, you know, everyone ever since we've had like Miko Koivu and Jared Spurgeon, like, you know, and Mar- even Marcus Felino recently. We're like we're just our models are really high on those players and historically mm-hmm. have been. People criticize us for being biased, and I'm like, I mean, have you? When was the last time you watched a wild game? Like, I don't think <laughs> it's like I just don't think people like it's like I don't know. I'm but, not gonna I'm not gonna say like oh watch the games, but it's like you know <laughs> sounds like what you're saying right now. Yeah, but I'm saying mm-hmm. that is like yeah, well but, go watch a wild game. Yeah. So yeah. To, to I think tag along with that, Dom. Do you or do you feel like you're still a Leafs fan? Has your fandom completely drained away because of your work in hockey? Like it kind of has for. Luke and I, or do you still kind of have that like childhood diehard fandom a little bit for the Leafs? Uh, it is tough because they're so disappointing um, every season, but 
I definitely still am. I still watch every game. Um, I mean, I it's a sunk cost fallacy. I can't give up now. They're so close. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the best Leafs team you've ever watched? Yeah, and I feel like it's disheartening because a lot of people can't actually enjoy what they're watching because of the fear that it's going to end in pain like it always does. <laughs> Last year was the best Leafs team I've ever seen. It was always like, oh, they're in the Canadian division, doesn't matter. And they're just going to choke again when they face a real team. And then they choked facing a fake team. So that sucks. <laughs> um, and then the year before that, they lost to the Blue Jackets. Like, it's just like, it's so Yeah, but annoying. the thing is that that series was all right because uh, the Oilers scored again, by the way. <laughs> oh, we love the Oilers. We love the Oilers. I see you're an Oilers fan, not a Leafs fan. But that one was fine because you had the Cody Cece shot. Like, that was just oh, – like, man. I look back on that, and I think about that every day. Uh, that might be the best oh, play I've ever seen in yeah, any game. that was it's, my it's favorite. The, the shot. The shot. Uh, so People do call it the shot. I, I, I mean, I, I call it the shot uh, yeah. in my head. I don't really know if that's In a... Toronto, uh, when you refer to the shot uh, to Toronto <laughs> Torontonians uh, – Number one is Cody Cece. Um, number two is Kawhi. And then Kawhi. <laughs> <laughs> it's such, I mean, it's kind of up there with some of the Buffalo, like the wrist and hitting the glass or, uh, um, is that, well, that was what it was. He just like yeah, ran, into, ran the into the boards. Yeah. yeah ran into the no, boards. He just like, I think he tripped like, Oh, I think he tripped before he ran into the boards. Anyway. And yeah. It's that the or the, what is it? The Sabres, um, the Sabres like defense when they're all in the, all five skaters are like in a line. Do you know yeah. that picture? Yeah, what about the like, the Minnesota Wild with the uh, who's in goal that night that was out like fifty five feet? Kakinen. Oh, Capri. Oh, no, yeah, it was, yeah, 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 it was Kakinen. Kakinen. Yeah, I watched he, that. I was he was in front of live. three players. He like went out yeah. Yeah, and he just like squared up, took the ang- cut the angle down. Right, yeah. that's what people said. <laughs> um, I uh, what was I gonna ask? Oh, so I think this is another one, and I don't know. We're getting kind of close to. Are we? We're getting, this is your last question. My last okay. question. You guys can go on for another hour. I, and I, I, I know that <laughs> we're having fun here. We're yeah, having a so great. Good. We're having a great time. Fun uh, police over I, here. I still get to watch the Oilers in the background. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's not that clear. I mean, it. it you can see it. You Who is that? Is that Drysidle? No, it's McDavid. That? Oh, that's a C. C. That's Zach Hyman. Oh, okay. He's got. He's got the C. Um, Luke would Luke or Sean is going to grimace when I ask this question, but Luke and I need to, we need to talk about the Selkie here. Um, I'm kind of curious now if, if you had always thought that Matthews might get into the conversation of the Selkie, like in the last couple of years, or is this like a surprise for Toronto fans that he's now, I mean, I think he's a legitimate top like five, like he's definitely in the conversation for, you know, Selkie award this year. And I'm kind of curious if that's a, uh, a known thing among Toronto fans, or is that out of nowhere this year? Uh, I don't think it's out of nowhere. I think it's always been sort of hinted at and every year he gets better and better at his defense. I think early on his career is compared to Kopitar a lot. So I think that has always been a thing here. And this year he's really shown that for me, I think it's opening up the conversation that I wanted to have last year about the Selkie, which is do, does the player actually need to play on the penalty kill to be nominated? Cause that has always been a, big criteria every year i don't remember i don't know how i've never checked but i don't know the last guy who's won it who hasn't played on the penalty kill and matthews doesn't and that's probably the biggest thing holding him back but what he's actually doing at five on five has been so strong that's definitely worthy of consideration this year because he's been dominant at both ends of the ice yeah and i mean we've talked about that with sean sean is a very avid believer in no penalty kill consideration for the selkie trophy and i Mm -hmm. also i feel 
in um, from just a, a pure like philosophical standpoint is that a player has no control over whether or not they are put on the penalty kill by their coach. And so if you're punishing players for not getting put in a shorthanded situation, I don't. I think that that's something where it's like, well, their coach didn't like them enough to put them on the penalty kill, so they can't win the Selkie, which seems like, I don't know, that seems a little bit problematic to me. So we generally just look at even strength defense when we're doing this. But there are some cases, I think... A little bit of it is like maybe yeah. penalty kill might be tiebreaker type of stuff I yeah. think for, for us, which I think kind of makes a little sense. I mean, one of the things, though, is that like a lot of it is it's so systems tied, like a lot of the penalty kill stuff, that it's like almost seems like sometimes it's not even like on the player i mean so a lot of it is and like there's obviously like say like the offensive side of penalty kill stuff right like that's a little bit more uh, on the in the player's control but i think it's it's just been interesting to watch uh i think matthews now he's very much in the conversation of i think like the top two best player you know in the world and i think he's very mm-hmm. much on the same level as mcdavid like they're in the one tier and yeah. you know and i think sean has been making this argument for months that matthews is the clear number one best player in the league um i i think it's a little closer uh i actually still i, I don't actually know i think we i'm kind of waiting to see what this season ends up like but um it is kind of interesting uh to look at matthews development defensively and then also see toronto fans uh kind of respond and um get to the fact that now toronto isn't that like kind of um, you know, basement defensive team. Like, they're not, like, the worst defensive team in the league like they maybe were for a couple of years, or, or at least kind of in that conversation. Now they when, actually have, when, you know. When Freddie was in yeah. goal, saving, <laughs> saving their <laughs> yeah. games every – yeah, but, um, yeah, it is kind of it, it is kind of funny to see that um, with, with Toronto kind of having a little bit better – of the uh of the defensive <laughs> metrics against well, it's been like that for like a few years now yeah, yeah. oddly enough it was like when hackstall came in that oddly that's enough, kind of yeah. you know i guess he's good at maybe one thing and then he went back to head coach and... what is it making the skaters defensive performance better and crushing the goalie is that like what he's good at <laughs> Is that is that? Well, what, I mean, he didn't crush well. the goal. I mean, Freddie just had like a couple of really bad years because like Jack came in and Jack was good. Yeah. So uh, it's not. It wasn't Jack, like Jack Campbell for our, our listeners, yeah. as they may not know who Jack is. We have people who aren't Leafs fans who listen. Sean. Yeah. So you don't know Jack? <laughs> He's just Jack. He's just Come Jack. On. That's Jack. soup. I'm trying to think. No, the only that's thing not I could, I'm soup trying to think Ilya. of other Jacks and other than Jack Johnson, but I was going to say Jack Gardner. <laughs> Jack. Is it that's embarrassing. Or, or is, Jack DeBrus? Is it Roslevic? Is that Jack? Am I yeah. thinking? Yeah. Okay. Jack Jack. Roslevic, Jack. Yeah. He's, 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 my, good, he's good at Fortnite, though. You didn't hear he my other one. He is good at Fortnite. That Jack. was a great uh, article me and Sean wrote one day. And Seabass. Did I miss like this? Seabass. Um, Seabass. I yes. Is, like lived in my building. I don't know if you knew that. Like we are, we were buds. We went bike riding a lot. And then we 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 squatted up, and you were always dead. Yeah, I have no um, idea what's going can on. You, can you two please on. clarify what you're talking about right now? We're talking about Fortnite so, for like just one second. Okay. Uh, I have a friend. Uh, he, I don't know exactly what it does for Phase Clan, but his name is Seabass Sebastian Diamond, and he's a he's a big deal. And one night I tweeted about the fire alarm going off at like three in the morning and he messaged me he's like do you live in this building and i'm like <laughs> i sure do and i went upstairs and like met him in real life he's a big leafs fan so he followed me and followed uh, a bunch of the people athletic and was a big fan of what i was doing and i was a big fan of his fortniting and he showed me the ropes a bit in that regard and is he a streamer or is he just like a really uh, good player he I think he's streamed a little bit in the past, but now he's sort of just like a 
behind the scenes person sort he's of growing the, the guy, brand right yeah. yeah yeah and he's yeah. really grown the brand a lot i think they were on the cover of sports illustrated uh earlier this year they done some insane work and he has an office here now in toronto he's doing great and i moved from that building so i don't see him as often but he we went bike riding a lot uh back in the day and would watch some leaf games together and i remember this is actually funny they were talking about the columbus series is that game four where the Leafs were down three nothing Seabass was at my house. We were eating chicken wings. It was me, him, and my friend Kevin, and it was three nothing. He's like, "I'm done. They lost. It's over." He went upstairs immediately. One of the greatest comebacks I've ever seen comes on, and we're like, "Stay upstairs. You can't come back." <laughs> oh, man. So, for one, I want to—I'll sh- show my age. That I remember, like Seabass. I—I was big into the Phase Clan, like in like high school when Black Ops Two. I remember Seabass was like he just sort of stopped like the content making at that point. Mm-hmm. And I mean, phase has been big in Toronto, right? Cause of him and rain and uh, whatnot. And I, didn't they do something with MLSE? Yeah. They, I think it was like an NHL event and I think there might've been some other games as well, but they did an event, I think uh, with MLSE. Yeah. Back and in the day. That comeback. I remember. So that was like my big leap into Leafs fandom at the mm-hmm. time. I was kind of a fan of both them and the Bruins. Yeah, and I realized I was a true Leafs fan with that comeback, and I was playing music, and I was I, I traditionally listen to music while playing uh, while watching the games, mm-hmm. and I was on some playlist, and Superstar came on, mm-hmm. and was it Will that scored the first goal? I don't remember this. I, do, I don't remember the exact person. And I That's put it. William I put it on a repeat for yes. <laughs> I put it on repeat for the remainder of the game. And that was my good luck song. And then the whole next game, I tried to listen to that on repeat. Like, this is my dedication to the team. And, yeah, they just, like, failed me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> miserably. You, you it's a terrible the, song. I can't the listen song to it anymore. Do you, know you know what our wild song was to, for good luck? Back when we were, Back like, diehard Wild fans. When I was, like, a fans. diehard Wild fan was Jesse Ventura's The Body Rules. <laughs> if you haven't listened to that song, you should put it on at some point. Because that's what we always used to put on, yeah. like before the third. Famous period, Minnesota Jesse Ventura, who yes. is now very—I actually don't know what he's up to now. Huge conspiracy. We saw him at a golf course one time. He did. He's got like completely bald, and he's got really long hair. He's got like I've, a skullet. Yeah, I've never like, seen a hairstyle like that. But uh, no, I—we're—you guys are talking about things I've never—I've never played this Fortnite is, in my life. I I've been no, looking up sea bass, like yeah. the actual fish, but it's not. <laughs> it's a, oh. the letter C. I and found bass. Him. I was like, what? How, what does this have to do with? I was like. Do you but play? Anyway. Sorry, Don. Because you... his name is Sebastian. Yeah. No, I know, but I thought it was like not the letter C. It was S E A Bass. I thought that's. I was like, I was trying to figure out who the hell they're talking about. It's like, yeah. Do you know. play a lot of Fortnite, Don? Uh, I still do. Yeah, I think the, I think that I've had my interest wane here and there, depending on how the season is. But I think the new season has been a lot of fun. So I've been getting back out there and i mean tilted towers is back so that's that's enough oh is it get. yeah are you, are you wondering where that tilted is back i uh, have not played in like at least three weeks my right. playstation i i actually haven't redownloaded my my playstation it got corrupted mm. long story but an 11 year old unplugged the uh playstation as it was turning on Oof, and so it. everything went kapoop um and i had to like factory reset it um mm. but i have not been on for the new season but tilted Tilted is back. Get me back on. It might get me back on. I, I don't know, have a clue what that is, but I want to ask uh, another question to Dom: Is how uh, have you got? Have you thought about getting into any esports uh, statistics? Have you worked with any uh, Fortnite data in your in your time? 
Well, me and Sean, like I, I wrote a story during the dog day of the pandemic because the NHL PA held a Fortnite tournament and I messaged Sean immediately and we sort of like did some scouting during the games <laughs> and uh, they didn't really have much data, but we did our best uh, with the eye test. That, <laughs> that, was was like... jo- that was where the Jack Roslevic uh, love came from because he was a beast that game. He was. And then uh, uh, was it Betisetto? Yeah. Tony? Is it Tony? Uh, yeah, yeah. Tony, Winnipeg, right? Winnipeg had a and then, good team. And then, and then Hellebuck was really good, too. Hellebuck, yeah. and they got high ground, and they just owned the high ground. It was <laughs> like big dick ground. energy. And then two of them, like, left that season. Like, Hellebuck was the only one that, like, stayed. The Bruins yeah. just didn't show up. Uh, Brandon Rust played just like you would think Brandon Rust would play. Who? Your boy uh, Vince Ryan? Dunn played, guys. Brian Rust? Brian Rust. Did I say Ryan? You said Brandon. Brian. Brandon. Brandon Russ. Normally I'd let it go, but that is my boy, Brian Russ. (laughs) Brandon Kachuk. (laughs) He just like ran through people. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, your boy Vince Dunn was very good. It was it was Vince Dunn. The the Blues the Blues squad. Didn't the Blues win it? That blue squad was really good. Uh, the Blues did win it. Cairo, yeah, Cairo, Rob Thomas, and Vince Dunn. Mm -hmm. I have no memory of squad. I don't know where I was when this was going on. You said this is like This was a very niche event. Okay. Yeah, it was like in like july or something like it wasn't total like dog days but it was like it was getting rough yeah yeah we don't we the only video game josh and i play is super smash brothers ultimate and that is the only video game that we play yeah it's a a great game it It is is a great great game game. and but i went out played it we bought a switch and and specifically to play that game and i've never played any other game on my switch i paid four hundred dollars for a switch and i paid fifty dollars for super smash brothers and i only played that game i've never played anything i played the free tetris game to figure out how to use the joy cons and i still don't know how to use them i have a game we went out and bought gamecube controllers too to play smash on yeah the reissued uh, nintendo's official Dom, do you play smash uh no i was always a mario kart person oh, okay smash anytime my friends would play smash i would get smashed i would get destroyed yeah so any any game i'm bad at i just try to avoid yeah um my friends love playing apex legends and i'm pretty bad at it so i try to make them play fortnite as much as possible because i'm a lot better than them at that game but apex i'm trash yeah it's the balance of uh of skill among friend groups we used to all of yeah. our friends loved playing halo back when we were in high school and halo 2 specifically and i was so bad at it but we would go over and play and i would just get absolutely destroyed yeah mm-hmm. and the thing i've realized about video games like especially first person shooters like that is if you play with spe- like specifically with people who are all better than you you don't get better that's yeah. by <laughs> you don't get better if everyone you're playing against is better than you that's not the same with like many other things like a lot of things oh yeah you play with people and you kind of pick things up and you'll start to get better. But they already started at a level that's much higher than you are. Mm-hmm. So I, I, we just every time, like I, it was fun to hang out. We'd play that in Magic: The Gathering, and every time <laughs> we like, I was pretty good at Magic, so that was fine. But whenever we played Halo, I would get absolutely destroyed. And it took me playing in college when Halo Four came out. A Reach, sorry. Reach, yeah. Uh, and then, Sean, you, then you I, know what Halo is? Yeah. Yes, I know what Halo is. <laughs> <laughs> well, they came out with some new ones, but anyway. This has gone into into video game yeah. talk, which is not it's not the evolving video games podcast. Yeah. One day, so, one day, Luke and I might may have some models about Smash. Compa- yeah, the competitive there was, Smash at, scene at Ritzak, the Rochester uh, Institute of Technology Sports Analytic Conference. I think in 2019 there was a, I believe League of Legends esport analytics presentation, which was very was. cool. Um, and I I can't remember who it was. I don't know. I either. should have. I well. And uh, it has always made me want to go dig into because I cannot believe the amount of data that they would have available for you to, you know, talk about player tracking in the NHL. Well, they have 
all of that and more in any type of video game uh, data, I'm assuming. So that would be a fun thing, but that's a lot of data, and I, I we don't have time I right found, now. It was uh, 2018, and it was Ivan Ramler, identifying and evaluating successful uncommon team compositions in League of Legends. That was the name of the program. Oh, that was 18? I think yeah. that's, that's 18 a, was the year that they made it sports analytics I think instead so. of just yeah. hockey. Yeah. yeah. Which is why and they Dom have, didn't go to either. I don't think. No, I've I've never been to a hockey analytics conference. Not even one. Why not? Even, yeah, that's um, a good question. They've always been far away. I remember I was supposed to go to the Rochester one, but um, something else came up with Rob Volman at the time, and he I think booked it on the same day. <laughs> I'm like, well, <laughs> one's in Toronto, one's in Rochester, so yeah. Gonna... How far away is Ottawa from Toronto? Uh, like five or six hours. Oh, really? Okay, it's that's pretty far. I, I mean, we have to realize. fly to any. We so, live in Minneapolis. Oh, yeah. Nothing happens around here, no, so we have never. to fly anywhere we well, want to go. Yeah. Time to start a Minneapolis hockey analytics conference. We we had a, a a long time ago brief conversation with Andrew Thomas when he was still with the Wild about potentially doing something, and uh, mm-hmm. it, then he got fired by the Wild, and he's not <laughs> here anymore. <laughs> so, which is one of the biggest mistakes no, the Wild have ever made. No, no, no. He didn't get fired. I'm pretty sure he got let go. Didn't they both get let go? Or did they just not renew their contract? They just didn't renew their contract. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, Josh. It was Fenton, though. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, they were fired. No, they weren't. They weren't fired. They're doing great things. Yeah, now. and now they're all anyway. doing bigger and better things. I'm sorry. I'm trying to do a bit from me as a hardcore Wild fan, <laughs> you know, losing two of the best analysts in the in the league. Anyway, um, I think that that's enough chat uh, with our good friend Dom. Yeah, Dom needs to go watch the Oilers. Uh, <laughs> well, this game is like over now. Like he's. Well, it's, not, it's three it's one the, now. It's three one. This game is not over. They have yeah. Miko Koskinen. That anything can happen. Yeah, it's at the any Oilers. Time. That's true. It's the Oilers. Yeah. You know this they're... game is ending seven five. <laughs> what is? Yeah, who are they playing? I can't even see the TV. The Capitals, but Watch the, Capitals. without Ovechkin. without Ovechkin. That's without right. Ovechkin. That is right. Well, yeah. we will let you go and and finish watching the Oilers lose. But uh, thank, uh, so, thank you uh, wow. so much, Dom, for uh, <laughs> for for stopping by and taking the time to chat with us. Yeah. Uh, um, best of luck uh, with your the rest of the season with your. Uh, your your betting endeavors uh, and the Kraken. Let's hope that uh, you know they they don't keep losing you money. Yeah. <laughs> well, I bet against them today, so they better they better lose as they're supposed to tonight. Because no, you're a big Islanders fan. We never got to that. Huge one. Oh, huge, yeah. huge Islanders. Well, that's fan. right. <laughs> we didn't even talk about the he Islanders. Literally this, added right. ten points to projected totals this, this year. This was our let's, our. Let's save that for part two. Part two. <laughs> Dom comes on the Evolving Hockey Podcast. <laughs> Think of all the things you wish you asked me, and then save it for that yeah. one. I can't yeah. believe Sean didn't bring that up. I He's know. mentioned that like four we times. Never talked. I, I this was close. our chance. This is our okay. chance to talk about the Oilers finally, and we just well the Islanders, the Islanders, Islanders. yeah, yeah. I, anyway, we're screwing up everything. Brandon Kachuk, Jack DeBrusque, All right. everything. <laughs> All right, all right, we're done. Thank you for coming on, Dom. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun yeah. meeting you guys in person. Yeah, um, this I usually uh, don't like podcasts, but this one was. A lot of fun. I will hold it dear in my heart forever. Aww. Oh, wow. Well, thanks, Dom. It's that so means wholesome a lot. here. That means so a lot. So wholesome. Yeah. Thanks, Dom. Take it easy. Take it easy.